So uh, the update took three days, but my iPhone's now got iOS 12. Thank you very much. Thank you. Anybody else here downloaded an update recently on their phone? You get uh, hassled about these things. One up update awaiting. Plug in your device before you do it. This phone now is remarkable. I can surf the internet. I can surf the ocean. I can. It made breakfast for me this morning. It's absolutely incredible. <laughs> oh, if only, eh? If only. Technology. Technology is an interesting thing. These devices are amazing, aren't they? Just, you know. Being realistic for a moment, there is a whole bunch of us in this room right now who remember a time when this didn't exist. Yeah. You know? And you just think, they say there's more technology in a standard mobile phone than there was in putting a man on the moon. Imagine that. There's more technology in your hand than put a man on the moon. It's amazing. It's amazing what we've got. What, what are some of the things that, you know, phones can do that you just, you know, I don't know, they still amaze you. Is there anything that your phone does? I mean, what, what is it? Come on, let's have a bit of audience participation. What does, what does your phone do that you think, Brankin, that's amazing. Yeah, Catherine. It knows where you, that's frightening. It knows where you live. It does. No. Have you noticed that? Some of you have phones like that. It says how many minutes to home, but you've never told it where you live. What's that all about? What else can your phone do that you think, wow, that's pretty good? Sat-nav. Who said that? Sat-nav. Yeah, sat-nav's amazing, isn't it? It really is. And the sat-nav, I don't know what you find, the sat-nav on my phone's better than the one in the car. And it gives live traffic updates and says, don't go this way, go this way. It's absolutely terrific. Anything else your phone does? Talk to anybody in the world. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? You haven't got to arrange to make a long-distance phone call. I remember offering somebody a job years ago, and I rang them up, and I said, uh, so I'm very pleased to tell you we'd like to offer you the job. Is that okay? Yes, that's fine. Where are you? Switzerland. <laughs> what? She was on tour with an orchestra in Switzerland, and there I was in Somerset talking to her. One, one more thing. Anything else a phone can do? Go on, Sam. I think I've seen with my phone, it tells me my heart rate. Gosh, it tells with your watch to tell you your heart rate. <laughs> Who would want to know your heart rate? Anyway, it's <laughs> amazing, isn't it? The things these things do. Health is a big thing with technology now. And the way that your phone and the apps on your phone can do all of that. Have you noticed technology is just always evolving? I don't know about you, but sometimes I think, like, how do you keep up with it? I, I love coming across an article in the newspaper or hearing something on the radio. One of my favorite programs on the weekend on the BBC is Click. Do you know Click? You watch that? With Spencer. Oh, he's good. And he, he introduces you to all these amazing things. And it's just hard to keep up with it all. I mean, a mobile phone's one thing, but for many of us here this morning, I want you to think just briefly about the major technological breakthroughs used. I'm 51. I know I don't look it, thank you very much. But in the last 50 years, the technological breakthroughs that we've seen have been absolutely amazing. 
I mean, think about the 60s, a period of great social change. You know, you had free love and all of that. But some of the key inventions of that time, I mean, you had things like the halogen lamp. That's when that came. You take things like that for granted now. Um, computers were beginning to be commercialized in business. You didn't have home computers and stuff like that. But in business, IBM, my father-in-law used to work for IBM, that's really in the 60s when they took hold. Um, the portable calculator. Back the 1960s. That was a revolutionary thing. What is this wizardry? We can add up at home, my word. And the other great invention of the 1960s, the audio tape. Remember that? Yeah? And it, it went wrong sometimes, didn't it? And you thought you could get it back in. You used to just get a pencil in it. And try. Do you remember that? And then you go to the 1970s. I know a lot of you, some of you anyway, weren't born by now. I, I was. The 1970s, period, a terrific period of technological uh, advancement. The floppy disk. You can't buy a computer with a floppy disk in it now. Absolutely amazing. That's in the 1970s. Inkjet printers. Yeah. I wonder if there's blinking expensive to fill with ink then as well. Colour television. Do you remember the days when we only had black and white? Remember those days? Wow. I can remember snooker on the television. For those of you watching in black and white, the brown's behind the pink. <laughs> you know? Thank you. You got that one. Um, food processors. You didn't have a food processor in your kitchen. You, you had to do everything by hand. You know? But in the 1970s, food processors. Kenwood. Yeah, they started that whole thing going. The first portable laptop really came into uh, view. And the other great invention of the 1970s, liposuction. <laughs> yeah. You move on into the 1980s, that was an important period as well, because that was really where computers really started to come to the fore. Remember that? So I was in college, trained to be a minister, and I bought an Amstrad 9512. And the reason I went for the Amstrad 9512, those of you who are discerning here, is because it had a daisy wheel printer. Do you remember that? What a waste of money. But anyway, um, the 1980s, the CD-ROM. Uh, 1980s, these, mobile phones. I've talked about this before. Do you remember them? Like bricks. And the battery pack. Mm, mm. Um, the disposable camera. Remember all of that? And of course, the great invention in the 1980s, contact lenses. For those of you who are wearing contacts this morning, you haven't always been able to wear them, have you? Because they weren't invented. The 90s, great. The 1990s brought us the launch of the first Internet Explorer. It was still on dial-up. Do you remember that? That's the noise it used to make. It's not me having a medical crisis. The DVD player in the 1990s. And the MP3. And then finally, in the noughties, you started to get instant text messaging. You got Wikipedia. You got social networking sites. The first smartphones really came out. And it was only really in the noughties that you really got GPS technology, being able to tell you where you lived. 
and being able to tell you about live traffic updates and stuff. All of this stuff has happened in the lifetime of a very great deal of us, and even in the last 20, 25 years, you see the advancements that have been. It has been amazing. What a time to be alive. Don't you think? I think it's absolutely fantastic. Now, the idea that any one of those things that I've just listed would one day become communal garden things that we all take for granted. Well, can you imagine? There you were. Remember these days now, some of you? Tomorrow's world. Right? Have you ever heard of tomorrow's world? You have. You have. That's what? Baby swimming. Yes, that's the modern version. I'm talking about the days when Maggie Philbin. Remember her? <laughs> Maggie Philbin presented. You don't remember her? No. She was mar married to Keith Chegwin. Have you heard of him? No. <laughs> Thanks, Steph. Oh, Maggie. F Tomorrow's World used to come on. I used to have these gadgets on there. It's absolutely amazing. Some of the things they used to introduce us to. If we had time this morning, I was going to show you an episode or part of an episode of them uh, launching something. The Sinclair C5 car. Do you remember that? Wow. Wow. I turned one of those over on Brighton Beach on the promenade there. But, and that's a story for another time. But this... You know, you used to see things appearing on Tomorrow's World, and here we are today, and those things are every day. The microwave oven, the poppity ping, appeared, appeared on Tomorrow's World. What is this? You put something in it and it cooks it in 30 seconds? Why is it, by the way, if you put a jacket potato in a microwave, it takes about a minute. If you put three in there, it takes 13 minutes. What's that all about? Anyway, um, strange things appearing on tomorrow's world. And now, most of us probably got a microwave oven. And certainly phones and everything were on there too. The thing with technology back then, of course, it was very big, it was very bulky, and it was really, really heavy. Today, technology is lighter, smaller, and more powerful, and more stylish. It's wonderful. The challenge is, though, how do we use it? How do we use the technology that we've now come to rely on? And we all use it. I doubt there's a parent here now who would be happy to see a kid go out without a mobile phone. You know, you get, they get to a certain age and you want them to have a phone or whatever. We rely so heavily on technology. But the question is... How do we use it? And are we using it for the right reasons? The challenge facing us all in this day and age, I think, is much greater, uh, perhaps, than it's been before. Our challenge is, do we use technology to, I don't know, distract ourselves rather than educate ourselves? Do we use technology to connect to people or to detach from people? You know that constant thing that will you get off that screen? Will we use technology to encourage others or to gossip and bitch about them? It's a very real issue, isn't it? As Christians, our challenge is do we use technology in a way that brings glory to God? 
Look at me with this verse. It's going to be the foundation of what we're going to talk about this morning. It's in Colossians chapter 3, and it's verse 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Here's a question for you. How would Jesus honor God with all the technology we have available to us today? How would Jesus honor God with all the technology we have available today? I want to explore this with you a little bit more. First, another question. Can anybody tell me what an idol is? An idol. How would you describe an idol? Where are we going? Colin Sheila? Okay, something you make with your own hands that you worship. Someone you look up to. Something you put before God that you shouldn't. Anybody else? Sorry? Something you spend more time with. They're all good answers, aren't they? Idols. Have you ever wondered how idols came to be? Like, what would drive someone to invent a fake god, an idol, when it comes to worship and faith? What happened, basically, is that people often wanted explanations for things, but didn't think everything could originate from the same source. So, for instance, if you wondered where the rain come from, came from, you wouldn't think that it could come from the same source that the sun came from. So you'd probably want to water your crops. So you would think, well, I better worship or pray to the god Dagon or Dagon. And this was regarded as the god who would give you rain on your crops. If you, if you wanted to have some kids, you didn't think that was the same god uh, that would give harvest to your crops. So you'd go instead to worship Baal or uh, Ashtoreth. These fake gods could be anything that you wanted. And if they didn't do what you wanted, then you just went and made another one or found another one until something good happened. It'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? You know, just think about it. You know, if you're feeling hungry later tonight, Dave, the god of pizza, turns up. Wouldn't that be amazing? You know? And then, boom, oh, I put on a few pounds. Here is Aaron, the god of abs. Well, that'd be brilliant. It'd be fine. These gods would be available, they'd be made in stone, they'd be cast in bronze, they, sometimes they were in wood, sometimes they were like poles, like totem poles or whatever. And if you wanted a god, you could literally just go and buy one off the shelf. Now the problem is, thinking about how similar fake gods are with today's technology... There is a danger that we almost make gods out of bits of technology. You think about it, a fake god and technology, both very, very useful. Very convenient, very helpful. A fake god, technology, can either literally be on us or around us all of the time. A fake god or technology, way more fun than the older version... Idols, you see, are often those good things in our lives that we want to become the ultimate things in our lives. 
That's so true. So you've been sucked in by this. You see something, a new technology gadget, and you think, oh, I've got to have one of them. I desperately want a drone. Why? I just want one. Don't worry, I'm not going to get one. I'm not allowed. There we go. You get sucked in, don't you? And there is a danger, you see, that you end up wanting something so much that other things go by the wayside. And so technology is wonderful, but there is a danger that we treat it in a way that perhaps we shouldn't, that it becomes the ultimate thing in our lives, the go-to accessory, rather than putting God where he rightly should be. And yet, please hear me, technology is awesome. It's a brilliant thing, isn't it? I mean, you think about the things technology has done. There are some of you sitting here this morning who've undergone surgery, and but for modern technology, you'd never have been able to have it. And it's just amazing what in medicine has been achieved. I'm sure Alid will bear me out on, on, on this. It is amazing the way that things have developed with surgery. They remove bits and pieces out of the body. It's like going through keel, you know. You've heard of that great theologian, Lemon, haven't you? Keith Lemon. Anybody there watch through the keel? It's only me. Come on! Exactly, it's brilliant. Going through keel. Well, that's what they do now with surgery. They're going through keel. It's right, isn't it? Come on. It's amazing. And they can take stuff out and repair it on the side and then put it back in. It's fantastic. Think about safety. Do you know the invention of the mobile phone has greatly increased the response times? I, I had to double check this because last week or two weeks ago, Jeff had to wait three and a half hours for an ambulance and it still didn't turn up. But apparently, it's even quicker now that we've got mobile phones. Well, do you remember the days when somebody needs an ambulance? Don't worry, I'll run to the local phone box and make the call. Do you remember those days? You'd never phone at home. Well, mobile phone technology now makes things a lot quicker. So many amazing things technology can do. FaceTime. I can FaceTime missionary friends of mine in Bangladesh. I can deliberately talk to them about the miserable weather we're having and get them to go to the window and show me the balmy climbs of Calcutta, or wherever it is there, not Calcutta. And they said Krakatoa then, but there we go. And it's amazing, where's all I come from? I remember the first time my in-laws saw Skype and were talking to our son who was in Brazil, and they were like this. But you think about it, it's all around, in the world of education, you know, technology, the things Kate tells me they're doing in class with QR codes. Most of you now are thinking, I don't know what a QR code is. Talk to her afterwards. It's absolutely amazing. They do a piece of work and they scan it. And then you can look at it again and it's absolutely fantastic. In my day, you marked a book, lazy teachers. But there we go. Um, it's fantastic, the stuff that... Think, here's a good one for you. The Bible. How do you simply put the Bible in people's hands? It's on an app. You don't need the cost and expense of being able to print it anymore. You don't need to be smuggling it. You can put it on an app 
And I'm telling you now, more people have the Bible today than at any other time in human history. Because simply put, technology has made that possible. It's fantastic. They can access the Bible. There are Christian companies making short gospel films that last something like one minute, 40 seconds, putting them on SD cards and giving them to people, smuggling them to people so they can watch dramatized versions of the Bible, Bible stories about Jesus. It's awesome what's happening. Technology is a good thing, isn't it? It is. You should embrace it. It is a brilliant thing. The problem is what happens when it becomes the ultimate thing. The most famous idol the Israelites ever made was a golden calf. Do you remember that? Lucy's going to come and read for us just to remind us about that incident in the book of Exodus. Why don't you turn to Exodus 32 in your Bibles? Maybe you've got an app on your phone. Open it up. Or there's an old-fashioned book at the end of your pew. Thanks, Lucy. Thank you. Exodus 32, verses 1 to 6, the golden calf. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered round Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. And then they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day, the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterwards, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Thanks, Lucy. I think it's really interesting that this new idol for the Israelites leads them to basically rise up and P-A-R-T-Y, they have a party. It's brilliant. And that's a good thing, isn't it? You think about it, technology tends to just help us party a bit more, enjoy life a bit more, make things simpler. They are made for such amazingly good things, but we just want to play. We just want entertainment from it. I mean, you think about it, your smartphone, right? I, I can find out anything about anything in the world. Anything. I, I, I just, I don't hesitate. Google, precious Google. Steve and I were in the fellowship room earlier on, and one of the little girls was in there playing with her little phone, and she said, my precious, precious Google. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? You think about it, you can, I can find out how they extract water in the desert to give water to nomadic tribes people in Africa. I, I could find that out now, how they do it. I could find out how to make a donation to that work, and I could make that donation right now, all from my phone. I'm going to leave the building. I could show you a picture of it. I, I could, there's so much that we can do with you, your phone, and yet what is, it, what is the thing that takes down the battery most on mobile phones? Games and YouTube. 
you like watching stupid videos? Sharon, you obviously, this is resonating with you, isn't it? You know, think about it. We want entertainment. We like it. So we download the apps, the games, because we like having fun. Here's the question. The Israelites, they make an idol and they have fun. They enjoy themselves. It's always amazed me, by the way, how do they get enough blinking gold? Those women... Their jewellery must have been amazing, mustn't it? If they could make a golden calf just out of earrings, either that or they had massive ears from which to dangle their, their jewels. Well, actually, if you look a bit more, in Exodus chapter 12, it tells us this. The Israelites did as Moses instructed, and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. It's very interesting. The Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed towards the people, and they gave them what they asked for. So they plundered the Egyptians. These people who left Egypt, left the bondage of slavery in Egypt, were minted. They came laden with gold and with silver, with clothing. And it's absolutely amazing that they're at the bottom of that mountain as they're busy waiting for Moses to return. What they decide to do is party. And they cast this golden calf. And they enjoy themselves. Yet all the time, God had provided them with the gold. That's how they got it. God intended for the Israelites to get something for all their years in slavery in Egypt. And yet here the Israelites are at the bottom of that blinking mountain taking his good gift and making it into a fake god. And notice they not only rose to play with the idol, they actually declared that this idol, this fake god, was what had saved them. That's what had brought them out of Egypt. If you look back at the passage Lucy just read. Was that true? Did these false gods, these fake gods, these idols bring them out of Egypt? Of course not. That's the problem, isn't it? Sometimes with technology and the technology God. Technology hasn't taken us anywhere, friends. Where do you think the knowledge came from to be able to make technological advancement? You think for one minute we're that creative? I give thanks to God for the creativity, the flair, the imagination that has gone in to technological and scientific advancement. That's a precious gift of God, isn't it? The knowledge that God has given to enable us to think about things that we'd never perceived or understood before. Wow! Every time I hear or see a scientific or technological breakthrough, it causes me to praise God for what he has given us. Enabling humanity to be able to develop new ideas and stretch the bounds of possibility. That's amazing. Technology is wonderful. Technology may make us more comfortable, but it doesn't make us better. God makes things better and ultimately the best. Look at what James says in chapter 1 verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Every good thing technology has ever done in our lives is really a gift from God. 
So there's something new for you. When you next take your mobile phone, thank God for it. Not just Vodafone or EE. Praise God for your mobile phone. Praise God for your tablet. Praise God for your laptop. It's a gift from God. Technology is definitely a good thing. The question is, has it become the ultimate thing? Has it become a technology god? A technology idol? Does it just cause you to rise up and play and ignore the real God who can really change your life? Is that mobile phone in your pocket or in your hand right now causing you to, I don't know, ignore scriptures, God's own word? When it comes to the question, what would Jesus do with the technology we have today? I think the answer is that he wouldn't make it greater than God. But I'm convinced he'd use it. Don't forget all that God has given you. Every good thing, especially Jesus, and especially his blood shed on the cross for you, is a wonderful gift. Nothing can ever be more important than that. Things become a God in our lives when we set our affections on them more than on the true God of heaven. More than on Jesus. More than on his sacrifice. And so I think the question for us this morning is quite simply this. With all our technology... Do we need to change our affections? Do we need to think again about who's the ultimate priority in our lives? Sometimes that means we may need to limit our time with things. I know that's right on message at the moment, all this talk about screen time. Is it time to actually say, no, I'm going to put this down? Sometimes that means if we do that, we'll increase our time with God. And sometimes, just like the Israelites had to destroy that idol and taste how bitter that was to lose the precious gold that God had given them, sometimes we just need to kill certain idols. I was talking to Pastor Tim the other day. He's come off Facebook. Sometimes you need to do that. Sometimes you just need to close it down. Some of you are pursuing these things. It's not good. Well, stop it. What about Instagram? What about Snapchat? All these things. You know, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying in and of themselves they're bad, but some of you experience bad things on them. And sometimes you just need to close it down. Sometimes we, because that idol has become so big, we need to just hand the phone to somebody else and say, you have it for a while, I'm not going to bother. Do you know what I did the other day? I deliberately left the phone hidden in the car when I went to a meeting. Wasn't that Good exercise. Good exercise. Sometimes it's about saying to your spouse or to your parent, you know, you have it. Now you might be sitting there saying, I don't need to do that. Maybe you do. Maybe you do. Don't get me wrong, I'm not advocating that you go home and destroy that expensive device that you bought or your family bought you. But what I am advocating is that you love God more than those things. If we spend as much time on some social media, uh, with God as we spend on social media, where would the balance be? The humble thing at times is to ask someone to help us out with these idols. So I want to challenge you this week as I close. I think we need to be real and we need to ask ourselves honestly, am I worshipping the technology God more than the real God. 
If so, we need to pray and we need to take action. God is worth so much more than a hunk of plastic and glass. If you're serious about your walk with Jesus, then that's a serious matter. If you're feeling you're not connecting with God, I seriously challenge you, stop using social media so much and connect with him. Go on the app store, download a Bible onto your phone. If you want to, download a daily devotional. There's loads of things there. It's brilliant. Use technology to help you connect with God more. And the second thing is this. Whatever, or whenever you'd be tempted this week to let time with technology take the place of a time with God in prayer or reading the scriptures or whatever, why don't you just log on to social media and post, God is greater? What if that became our hashtag this week? God is greater. Log off, spend time with God, who is real and who is greater. There is a danger today that we tend to think, if we're still exploring this whole Christianity thing, that science and technology has simply replaced God. We don't need technology. Oh, we do. We need it. It's brilliant. But it's God's gift. And we can't abuse it. So we need to think how we can use it to help us connect with him. And how we can use it to help others connect with him. And I really do believe that God's, God longs for each and every one of us to connect with him this morning. Would you join me for a moment? Let's just bow our heads where we are. Now it may be, as you've heard me speak this morning, you've been a bit surprised that you're hearing a sermon about technology. But as I've tried to show you, technology and technological advancements are God's precious gifts to us. So we want to thank God for technology. But the problem is, sometimes we make those things gods in and of themselves. We, we worship science and technology and think that that's done away with the need for God. Well, please hear me. God loves you. A chunk of plastic can't do that. God knows you better than you know yourself. Circuitry can't do that. And God realizes that you need his help and his forgiveness, his restoration. No app can do that. So please hear me this morning. God has done something incredible for you. He's given you his son, Jesus. God loved you so much he didn't send an app. He didn't write, write you a PDF and attach it to an email. He sent his son. Because you needed saving, rescuing. You needed to be brought back into a wholesome right relationship with Almighty God who created you. This is such an exciting time to be alive. This is such a wonderful time to be alive. And yet it's a time when we are being challenged about how to live.